Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Called to Share podcast. This is episode nine, I think, if anybody's keeping track. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about a blog post that I put up. And I'm not going to obviously go over the whole thing because I'd encourage you to go read it on calledtoshare.com. But essentially, the gist of it was, you know, the title was after Elder Holland's BYU speech, I now see why the Jews called for Christ's crucifixion. And um, it's kind of a bold title, but I want to tell you why I titled this article this. Um, So recently, um, obviously there's a lot of commentary about Elder Holland and his speech at BYU. For those who aren't familiar, he basically gave a speech to the faculty and administration uh, telling them that BYU needs to be a special place where we teach truth um, and we do it in a loving manner. That is essentially his uh, conversation. Um, and people have gone down different rabbit holes with little snippets of what he said, but it was interesting as as the days followed that talk and you'd see people's interpretation of what he said or share little snippets of what he said. I was amazed at the reactions of people, um, many of whom didn't actually watch or listen to or read Elder Holland's speech. And the way I know that is because it would happen something like this. They'd jump on Twitter and they'd see someone's post about the talk and then they'd ask a question and say, wait, what did, wait, what did he say? And someone else would respond saying, he said we need to use our muskets to, you know, and and the person would say, oh my goodness. And they'd, there'd be this back and forth of just uproar and rage at how dare he. And I saw it multiple times and I was fascinated by this and, and I, you know, did as much damage prevention as I could and I'd say hey this is the link to the YouTube video why don't you watch it because if you didn't watch Elder Holland give that speech I would highly encourage you to do it because I read it first and watching it you get a much different feel obviously like you can sense his emotion and just the great weight he was under and you could sense the responsibility and he felt towards the university and just making it and helping it continue to be a great place of learning, but also of truth. You know, someone said if, if BYU is just like every other university, we don't need BYU. It's pointless. Anyway, as I was looking at these people who hadn't seen him speak, hadn't heard what he said, it's, it's 40 minutes long, right? So you had to dedicate some time to pay attention to this. Seeing them get outraged at people's reactions, it was really interesting and it reminded me of something I'd just been reading and a thought came to my mind. So I'd, I'd been reading the New Testament and you know there's the part, part where Pilate brings Christ before the crowd and they're all there kind of just waiting to see what happens and some of the chief priests and rulers are like, hey guys, crucify him, crucify him. You know, they're kind of whispering in the ear and the crowd, at, when they hear these loud noises from the chief priest, because some are like, hey, let's crucify him, you know? 
everyone else kind of like, yeah, crucify him. And then this, this swelling rage of loud voices just like, crucify him. And in reading the New Testament, if you've read it recently, and I especially found this interesting in Mark, Mark makes it very clear that Jesus was not a nobody. He wasn't this dude that was of, I mean, he, he was famous. People, the sick and the lame, they, they lined him in the streets so he could be healed by him. They would crowd houses into the streets to be able to hear him speak. You know, 5,000 men following him around. Obviously, they, you know, they wanted food, but they're, they're listening to this guy. And Mark talks, talks about the throngs of people that follow after this man and how they pressed upon him day and night. And he just, you know, sometimes he'd say, hey, can we get a boat? close to the shore so I can jump on if I need to. This guy was followed everywhere. He was famous. People knew he could heal the sick and he healed people everywhere and his fame went throughout the land. Okay? So how does this man who wherever he goes except for his hometown and Jerusalem, which I consider like a big city and there's like the snotty people there and they they got everything figured out and they don't need it Jesus or whatever, you know? There's a very, very few places where he's not accepted. How does he go from being this guy who's accepted everywhere to all of a sudden the whole crowd is yelling, crucify him. And it dawned on me, it dawned on me that it was people who in this crowd, they'd never heard Jesus speak. They never heard his message. They might have heard of him, but in the big city in Jerusalem, Jesus wasn't there much. I mean, you look through scripture and he was there occasionally during feasts um, and towards the end, like the last week, but he was not there very much. And all it took was the loud voices of a few for the whole crowd to become a mob and call for his death. And I equate that to the reaction to Elder Holland's speech. People on the main who listen to his words and and are humble and say, okay, this is a prophet of God. Is he right? Like, what does he have to say that's of value? Like, can I accept this? I mean, the majority of people who who listen to that speech with an open heart will feel of this man's love and concern and struggle. Um, but it's the people who have this knee-jerk reaction to someone else's reaction um, that they're the ones calling for this, you know, there's certain people demanding an apology from this apostle. He used harmful language. And it's like in the article, I talk a little bit about this, but, you know, I'm not a big fan of like certain metaphors, like, um, you know, there's there's the they talk about the musket and then violent metaphors like millstones being hung around people's necks right i'm not a big fan of them but like that was that came from jesus himself so who am i to correct <laughs> jesus or an apostle and say we didn't like that metaphor um but anyway just just something to to think about um think about Jesus and just think about how his life ended and how what it was due to was it was due to people who didn't have the whole understanding of what was being taught 
and they basically were the ones that called for Christ to be to be crucified. Um, so if you know anybody in our current state who's you know severely angry about Elder Holland's speech, there's going to be some of them that yes have listened to the whole thing, um, but there's going to be a good majority of them who probably didn't ever take the time to reflect and ponder on the words that were spoken. There's actually, again, if you go to calledtheshare.com, you can read this article, but there's a friend of mine who his wife was struggling a little bit with this talk. Maybe not. Maybe struggle is the wrong uh, way to say it, but he wanted to understand, she wanted to understand kind of more of what was going on, and she was reading the scriptures, and she opened up to First Nephi 11, and it talked about uh, the 12 apostles of the Lamb and people gathering together to fight against the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And it, it repeated that phrase a few times. And she's like, man, this is kind of happening in our day. And I share that in this article. Like, we are now going to church with people who are fighting against the apostles. Uh, you're sitting in the pews next to them. We're we're all partaking in the sacrament together. We're all going to listen to conference together. So it's definitely a time of great division, and it's sad because Elder Holland's talk was really about unity and trying to come together um, and be more civil and love each other, and that's definitely not what resulted from his his speech, and it's not his fault. It's It's mainly ours. So... Just a few thoughts I thought it was interesting as I was reviewing the New Testament, thinking about the people who were the loudest voices calling for Christ's crucifixion and who those loud voices are today. Usually the loudest voices, they're usually wrong. Um, so let's, let's not use a loud voice, but let's defend the truth in a loving way. And until next time... Um, seek to bring forth and establish the cause of Zion. We'll see you guys.